Hey Kayla. Hey Casey. Welcome to Devil's Food, where we talk about true crime, spooky things, things, scandals, all of it. All of it. Every Wednesday. What you got for us, Casey? I have an unsolved murder for you today. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Are you ready for this unsolved murder? Involves elopement, life insurance policy, suicide letters, and a possible love triangle. I'm here for it. Good, because you're going to have to be. (laughs) I'm held hostage, you guys. She's tied to the chair. Don't let her demeanor fool you. She's actually terrified. (laughs) (laughs) So it was May 20th, 1947, when the body of 22-year-old Christina Kettlewell was found 50 feet from her honeymoon cottage in about nine inches of water on the bank of of the river in Severn Falls, Ontario, Canada. Okay. I love going to Canada. So here we are. I've never been. I've never been, but I love going to Canada here. Because I think this is my second or third Canadian case. Oh, I see what you're... I'm I'm picking up what you're laying down. Your girl don't even have a passport. I'm not going to Canada. (laughs) But we're taking this journey to Canada today. Virtually. Virtually. So, Christina Kettlewell is found in about nine inches of water on the bank of the river in Severn Falls, Ontario, Canada. Investigators suspect that the woman was already dead by the time the final embers cooled off among the charred remains of what their honeymoon cabin just up the hill from where she lay. It came out really weird. So to sum it up, she was found in the water. She was found in the water. And her honeymoon cabin had been burned down. Had been burned down. Okay. Yes. (laughs) The mystery begins with a secret wedding between Christina Mokon... Mocon. Christina. Christina. It's Mocon. And Jack Kettlewell, May 12, 1947. Christina Mocon lived in Mimico, Ontario, and worked at a bank where she was described as a capable employee. Jack, or... <laughs> Nothing makes me feel better than being described as capable. Capable. Well, when I read... When, when I was reading about how she worked at a bank, that TikTok sound about working at the bank kept playing in my head i work at the bank yeah that one i forgot about that (laughs) uh jack or john ray kettlewell was 26 year was a 26 year old war veteran stationed in the dental course which if you don't know what the dental course is Mm -mm. it's exactly what it sounds like the dental he was the dentist core in the cores of the navy okay yes the two married after only knowing each other for about three years. Christina's family had concerns about their marriage. The two big concerns was that Jack was not a Roman Catholic, even though he had converted. Okay. And that his friend Ronald Barry was pretty much around 24-7. The third wheel. Yes. It's like that other TikTok sound. Which one? Where it's like, it's finally you and me and me and you and me. And, and our our friend, Steve. And your friend Steve. Yeah. Do, 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 Steve. 
Yes, that that's exactly <laughs> what the situation was. You have Christina, Jack, and Ronnie all together all the time. Ronnie. And Ronald, who went by Ronnie. Mm-hmm. We're going to call him Ronnie for the rest of the episode. Okay. He was a 28-year-old man who came from Canada who came from northern Italy and tried to establish himself in the construction business with little success. He was a professional ballroom dancer who had been out of work for about a year. So not super professional because he hadn't been working. Uh, he also, Retired professional. A retired <laughs> professional ballroom dancer. Okay. Which I feel like is something that you can only really do in Italy. I'm gonna, yeah, that would be my guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Ronnie owned a cabin in Severn Falls, about 40 kilometers north of Orilla, Ontario, where he would join the kettlebells on their honeymoon. No. Steve can stay home. No, Steve's coming (laughs) with us. Just all spooning. Christina and Jack spent the first few days of their honeymoon at an apartment in Tyndall Avenue in Toronto with Ronnie before moving to the cavern in Severn Falls. On May 17th, 1947, they went to the cabin. And this cabin was only accessible by boat. So, a little suspicious. Okay, Ronnie. We're we're ramping this up to be something. I can, yeah. Okay. During the time at the cabin of Jack and Ronnie, it was reported that Christina began to act out of character. She would go into crying fits, and other times she would be completely dazed. Which, honestly, if I were on my honeymoon, mm-hmm. and let's say Nathan were coming with Scott and I on our honeymoon, <laughs> I would also be a little out of character and go into crying fits. Yeah, and not only just any cabin, you're completely isolated. You can only get to the cabin by boat. Yeah. No. Nathan's staying home. Nathan would be fine with that. Good. <laughs> Now, evidence suggests that Christina had conversations with Ronnie about whether or not Jack truly loved her. On May 20th, Christina disappeared from the cottage. And later that day, Ronnie was returning to the cabin to find it ablaze. He found a disoriented Jack sitting in the cabin with an apparent head injury and pulled him out of the blaze. It was said said that he looked for Christina, but he couldn't find her anywhere in the cottage. And Ronnie said that it took the cabin about an hour to burn to the ground. That sounds fast. It it must have been a really small cabin. Okay. And the fact that he stood there and watched it burn to the ground. Yeah. That's a whole thing. We have a timeline on that. Like, I just sat here and watched it burn. For an hour. To make sure it was really burnt. Make sure it was really gone. Mm, Ronnie. So Ronnie took Jack on a boat to Severn Falls, where he then drove him to the hospital and contacted the police. That evening, Christina's body was found nine inches of and nine inches of water. Nine inches of water, <laughs> which we established like ten times earlier. In case you're wondering, it's not ten. It's nine. It's nine. Uh, so she was found just 150 feet away from the cottage by a man named Neville Sweet, who was the owner of a boathouse in the area. Christina's body was free from burns of any kind and showed no signs of violence. An official autopsy found traces of codeine in her stomach, but ultimately her cause of death was drowning. Okay. It was June 19th, 1945, when the inquest of Christina's death began. So they started a trial. 
We're okay. at trial now. Who's on trial? Uh, Jack and Ronnie. Okay. Jack and Jack and Ronnie are now on trial. Okay. The public not only packed out the courtroom, but even the grounds outside the courthouse. Some people even approached Jack and Ronnie for autographs, even though the pair were not on trial for murder. The case the case brought a lot of attention. So, so what were they on trial for? If it wasn't for murder, the, the case was to determine whether or not foul play had been involved in Christina's death. So they weren't. Okay. They were just there to be like yes or no. Like let's establish if we think you may have mur- murdered them, murdered her, pretty much, and then we'll take it from there. Pretty okay. much, yeah. Okay. So during the trial, C.P. Hope, who was a special crown counsel or some type of attorney, is what she is in Canada. Yes. Uh, zeroed in on Ronnie Shady's presence from the outside. <laughs> Hope called him a liar of the most blatant kind whose sinister figure permeates the whole of this tragedy, but whose purpose and design are shrouded in mystery. Oh. So CP Hope was just like, Hey man, you shouldn't have ever been there. Like, why were you there? <laughs> Pretty much. Why did you take them to your isolated cabin? Only accessible by boat. Only accessible by boat. And then proceeded to be there. (laughs) Right? He's shady. He is shady. Shady. The trial revealed numerous inexplicable and dubious money transactions connecting back to Ronnie at a time when he had no money. So, during his time trying to set up his construction business, Mm. he had a few sketchy transactions going on. But he did. It was also revealed that Ronnie was named as a beneficiary on two separate $5,000 life insurance policies for Jack and Christina, which were taken out before they eloped. So That makes no sense. It makes no sense. Why do you need that, Ronnie? I don't know, but the policies carried a provision that two times the amount would be paid out in the case of accidental death. He also purchased a $5,000 insurance policy on his cabin. So, we're not looking good. We're not looking too good here, Ronnie. Mm Mm-mm. Now, Jack had admitted to a long-term affair with Ronnie. Mm. But when faced with this in court, he testified that he was pressured into the admission by the police. There were repeated suggestions from the council that the two were, in fact, male lovers. I just... I want to think out loud here. You can tell me your thoughts. I'm here for it. Okay. I feel like cops during this time period, if they got wind of male lovers, they wouldn't touch that with a 10 foot pole. Oh, absolutely. So I don't know if I believe that that confession was like coerced out of him. Oh, I'm with you. I feel like back then it was definitely like, we don't want to talk about that. We don't Mm -hmm. talk about Bruno. No. This. Yes. I don't believe that. Yeah, I personally think that Jack and Ronnie had something going on. Jack and Ronnie were secretly known as Johnny. And that yes. was their couple name. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, when it came to Jack, none of his family could fathom why he would want to get married. <laughs> okay. So, they were like... Why, my guy? Wayne Turner, who was the co-owner of the Severn Falls Marina, said that the men's close relationship 
and frequent trips up north were talked about by the locals. This is like Broback Mountain. Broback Mountain. Bro. Mm. <laughs> it was noted during the trial that Christina's wedding ring was never found. There were conflicting reports on whether Ronnie had purchased the ring for the couple or if it was a borrowed ring from one of Jack's married friends. It was debated that the cost of the ring ranged from $1,000 to $13,000. That's a difference. It's a big jump. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On top of all that, it was speculated that Christina was suffering from mental illness and killed herself. She had left several suicide notes written before her death that were uncovered during the trial. The first suicide note was written on Easter Sunday before their engagement Mm -hmm. and about five weeks before the wedding. It was addressed to Ronnie Mm -hmm. and in it she wrote that she tried to poison herself because of the uncertainty of receiving a proposal from Jack. During the trial, Jack recalled that Christina was being sick that day but claimed he was unaware of the suicide note. So... He was like, yeah, she was sick, but I didn't think anything of it. Okay. At the end of April, she left another note with the intention of not only killing herself, but killing Jack as well. The note was also addressed to Ronnie. In this note, she wrote, When you love someone, you really love, you really love him, and I know there is no one for me but Jack. And if I cannot have him, I do not intend anyone else to. I waited, as you might say, in the hope that Jack would ask me to marry him, but now I realize I'm just a passing fancy. So she was really hung up on him. Well, you said they were together for like three years or something. Yeah. I think back then that was a long time. Probably. It was the 40s, so. Yeah. It's interesting, though, if Ronnie was Jack's friend, why is Christina writing Ronnie? These very personal letters. I have no idea. Hmm. hmm. Okay. The last note that was written was the day before she died. Okay. This one was addressed to a Miss Thomas who owned a home in Mimico that Christina and Jack stayed at for a little bit. However, she did ask Ronnie to mail the letter for her. The letter had said, Ronnie is in the boat outside somewhere. By the time he gets back, everything will be over with. He must have been afraid something would happen because he is staying an extra day to make sure we go back to Toronto with him. So, it's almost like she might have burnt the cabin down, is what I was kind of gathering from that. Like, hmm. That, I'm thinking. That, that's my, that my speculation there because mm-hmm. she, she knew... Like, she wanted to do it while Ronnie was away. Yeah. On the boat. Yeah. And all these notes were confirmed by a handwriting expert to have been signed by Christina. And uh, what I found odd was that Ronnie was able to choose to save these letters from his burning cottage. So, cottage is burning down. He's trying to get Jack out. And he's like, oh, yeah, these suicide these letters. letters. Let me go ahead and grab those. I was going to say, I think, I'm not convinced she wrote the letters. But it was confirmed by a handwriting expert. That she signed, that she signed them, oh, but yeah. not wrote the letters. That's fair. Hmm. Okay. Okay. My, my brain is going around all the options. I'm just taking it all in. 
During the trial, Jack admitted that he believed Ronnie was working in the shadows to protect him. Which. Okay. Like, doing things behind the scenes to make sure, like, they didn't get charged. Yeah, like, not telling Jack about the suicide letters and then, for whatever reason, saving the suicide letters and being there. He stayed an extra day to make sure that they came back. So if he wouldn't have stayed that extra day, that house would have burned down with Jack in it. Or it wouldn't have burned down at all. Or it wouldn't have burned down at all. Hmm. It's all all up in the air. It's in the air. So, in 1956, Ronnie disappeared to New York and was never heard from again. I bet Ronnie was. The jury delivered an open verdict for the case, unable to agree on whether foul play was involved in Christina's death. The investigation into Christina's death obviously flew, threw up even more questions than it answered. Were Ronnie and Ronald... Ron, were, was Johnny real? Was Johnny real? Was were Jack and Ronald having an affair? Why had Jack and Ronald taken out several insurance policies prior to the wedding and honeymoon? Where did the wedding ring go? And why did Ronnie disappear? Hmm. Just a lot of questions left over from that. All we know is that Christina Kettlewells, she's dead. We do know that. And that she had codeine in her stomach. Mm-hmm. And what, that, would, what would codeine do? Like, make you... Do you know? I have no idea. I can Google it. Okay. Like, I don't know if that would make, like, a sedative. That's the word I'm looking for. I don't know what codeine is. It reduces feeling of pain by interrupting the way nerves signal pain between the brain and the body. Hmm. Oh, it also suppresses the activity in their brain that controls coughing. <laughs> well, that was the reason why it was in her system. Okay, it causes relaxation, drowsiness, confusion, and nausea. Okay. Because she was found in the water. That was what they determined killed her, correct? Yeah, they determined that she died from drowning. I don't think she would have killed herself that way. Because it wasn't even like she went into like a big body of water and just floated away. And, like, nine inches of water isn't really that much Like, water. you would have to, like, really force yourself to be there. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not convinced. But if she was, like, KO'd from codeine and yeah. somebody just laid her in the water. Yeah. I'm thinking somebody laid her there or held her there. Well, there no were no signs of violence. I'm thinking she didn't do it on her own. Oh, I don't think so either. Even though she was apparently extremely suicidal. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. I don't know. I think Ronnie was a, a jilted lover. He very well could have been. I still, I still think that him and Jack had something going on. I think Johnny was real. I think Jack and Ronnie were a thing. Because why else would you go to somebody else's honeymoon? If for no other reason. Right? Nothing else. Why would you go on their honeymoon? Anyways, that Anyways. was the unsolved mystery of the eight-day bride. The eight-day bride. I'm st I still think Ronnie did it. What do you guys think? What's your thoughts? Leave your comments on all of our socials. 
and tell us your opinions on uh, what you think happened. And if you want to do your own research and tell me that I'm wrong about something, <laughs> go for it. Was it really 10 inches of water? Was it nine and a half? Nine and three quarters. Oh, man. <laughs> you guys can let us know what you think. I'm thinking Ronnie. I'm thinking Ronnie, too. But you guys let us know what you think. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.